Hey, hey, in this episode of Raise the Curve, I would like to spend some time talking about how as an educator, and again, this isn't just for teachers, those of us who work in any kind of educational field, it doesn't have to be at a school necessarily, it could be training, it could be in human resources, um, yes, obviously educational institutions, you could be a coach, uh, whatever it is where you're teaching and training folks and you have learners or students, at what point or when do we need to understand or identify if we are enabling particular behaviors that are not beneficial to the student. Even if those behaviors were created from previous experiences, the environment they were raised in, the educational experiences they had before, um, just the experiences period that they had before, whether those negative behaviors or behaviors that we want to discontinue were reinforced previously. What is, what is learned can be unlearned. And almost all, <laughs> always got to be careful because using always or never, but in most situations where a behavior is a habit, it is conditioned, it has been reinforced multiple times, or, or punish, like punishers. But anyways, um, it was reinforced somewhere along the way, meaning it was learned. Learning is really more about, in the psychological world, it's more about, more about behaviors than it is about information. That really fits more with memory. But the two really work synonymously with each other. So that behavior was learned at some point through conditioning. Which means if it was created to be learned to begin with, if it was learned, it can be unlearned. It might be a little harder to unlearn those, especially those nasty ones, especially if that behavior is continuing to be reinforced in other situations, but you're trying to help the student or the learner minimize it, okay? Or even parents, okay? Because they're teachers too. The thing that's tough is at what point do we as educators, whatever situation we're in, are we enabling certain behaviors? So I'm going to give you a few examples that have come up recently. Just as examples, they can they occur continuously throughout the semester for me and for many of my colleagues and friends. Um, and every semester. <laughs> These aren't just isolated one, one-time deals, but I'm going to use them because, well, they're fresh in my mind, obviously, because they just occurred. Uh, but again, they're, they're, I'm using them to be, to kind of be more representative of what, what occurs. Um, I have some situations with more particularly online classes, and I think that has a lot to do with the, the self-directed type of expectation that needs to happen with online students. But I, but I really think a lot of it comes more from my online students because the main mode of delivery of information is through videos and written text. What, has, what they have been conditioned throughout the years for many is to not read that much further, to only watch something for so long. 
Um, you could tie this back to attention, but I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about attention because um, that's that's for another podcast. <laughs> I think what happens, though, is because that behavior becomes kind of the norm, the expectation, environments accommodate that. I mean, there's tons of training modules that have been presented, presentations, professional development things, literature about flipping the classroom, um, reducing the amount of time that you lecture. And a lot of that, it, from my from my experience with reading it, uh, has been more focused on, hey, we need to accommodate the learner. So instead of us saying, no, we need to do, what we need to do as educators is to have the student accommodate the standards of education, but instead we're being taught to accommodate the learner, which then again, going back to is reinforcing these maybe negative behaviors that are not going to assist them in future situations. Um, and at the collegiate level, it's not going to assist them in their future career. So I have, I have a couple students, you know, just right now. And like I said, it's been various different ones over the last couple weeks since semester started where it is evident that they are not reading the instructions so blatantly where even if the answer to the question that they email me is in the first sentence or two of the assignment that they're asking me about, it's just crazy <laughs> to me. So I'm thinking to myself, you clearly haven't read the instructions. I mean, it's pretty blatant. Now, in some cases, it's not that overt. In some cases, it's that they didn't watch the entire video and maybe that video is only five minutes long or they didn't look at a sample that was there uh, or they didn't review the instructions again. Sometimes, a lot of times I think, well, I just have to read it once and if I don't get it, I'll reach out to my instructor. Now, here's where the, here's where the, the kind of path or the, the crossroads between am I enabling or am I assist, you know, assisting? Am I helping them or am I hurting them? And at, at what point do I need to figure out that as an educator? Now, everybody's going to be a little different. Um, some folks are going to say, hey, you know, I'll assist that student however long I feel like I need to. Pedagogy of care. Everybody's everybody's, um, I guess maybe level of pedagogy of care or what that looks like is going to be different. That kind of tough love thing, but really focusing on the love. But sometimes, you know, you got to be a little firm and a little tough, uh, because you know, we are supposed to be preparing them for the, for the workplace. We're also supposed to be repairing, preparing them for the social world where they're going to have to learn to adapt and serve and survive a little Darwinian there. Uh, so it, you know, it's, it's tough because at what point, and I, and I kind of realized this, this today, and I'd been mulling it over the last couple of days because I've had a lot of situations come from thinking, okay, this student, you know, these students, plural, are emailing me multiple times a week. It's not about the, the amount of emails. Okay. I want to make that perfectly clear. It's not like, oh, well, she just doesn't want all the emails. No, 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 no. I encourage emails. What I get concerned about is are the emails asking questions that really are asking about the content of what this, what's supposed to be submitted, um, questions that aren't obviously answered in the instructions or in a supplemented video. And if I keep responding with answering those questions for them rather than helping them use the tools 
which is the instructions, the videos, navigating their way around, looking through the syllabus. Uh, you know, at what point am I not assisting them anymore? And, you know, everybody's a little different. You got to figure out what to do, whether you, you know, I got to the point where I started taking snipping shots of the actual instructions for that particular question that they're asking me and highlighting it like it's right here. So visually, you know, some people are like, wow, you know, that's they could think, well, that's kind of harsh. Like you're kind of calling them out. No, if anything, I'm saying, hey, I want to equip you with this understanding that you these questions you're having shouldn't have to stop or hinder your progress. They're there for you. The tools are there. The resources are there. You just need to use them and you kind of need to break out of this habitual way of either kind of growing too dependent on your instructor or growing too dependent on a parent, too dependent on a coach. You know, it needs, we need to, we need to teach and train and offer opportunities for a learner to be independent, to be autonomous. That is very important um, be, for their for their survival and success outside within the institution, within the situation that they're the learner and the, and the and or the student, but also outside of that as well. So again, you know, ask yourself, you know, hey. When those situations come up, we're like, man, you know, this, this, this kid, this child, this student, this employee, um, subordinate, whatever, they keep asking me a lot of questions and it's like the answers are right there. Think about that. There is something going on, especially if it's, if it's, you know, I've noticed that it's been growing more and more over the last couple of years where more and more students I have the same, similar, most of the stuff in my courses over the last five to 10 years, not that they're the same, but the way in which I present them is the same. There's videos, there's samples, there's instructions, all of those for one assignment. And the bulk, 75, 80% of the students are plugging along, they're figuring it out, they don't have questions. And then there's that handful or that 25% where there's multiple, you know, I'm not talking about a student's clipping along and they email me and they have one question. I'm like, Hey, I get it. It's the ones who are relatively, um, kind of dependent where they're really emailing you a lot and they're not even looking in where they need to look in. They're not looking at the syllabus schedule, you know, Hey, when's this due? That's a, that's a typical one. When is this due? I mean, you have access to that information unless it's like, hey, there was a change in the syllabus schedule and I don't know, or, you know, we had a snow day or I, I, I lost it. Can you tell me where to get it? Those are fine. It's the ones where it's like it's there. But again, they're not being independent and self-directing their own learning. So just ask yourself when those situations arise, where does it switch from assistance to handholding, some people call it coddling, in psychological world, in the psychology world, we call it enabling. <laughs> when when is that happening? So so definitely reflect on that and then try to figure out a way in which you can not just cut it off and don't call them out, but find a way to facilitate the transition from dependency 
to self-direction, to independence, to autonomy, because that will ultimately increase their self-efficacy, their perceptions of their own abilities, their own competency, their own control, which is great. Okay. And that's going to help them be successful in what they're doing at that time and successful out there in the career world, in their social world, whatever that might be. So think about that for a little bit, if that's coming up for you. And until we talk again, I wish you all a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and a wonderful month, although we'll probably chat before then. All right. Have a good one, y'all. Bye.